and welcome to today's episode of the Pipeline ACC Podcast. I am Dan Siegel from ACC Content. I am joined, as always, by Jason Gibbs. Jason, how are we doing today? Dan, absolutely outstanding. Let me tell you why. You know what today marks when this uh, pod comes out? 100 days until college football. How about that, man? Is that true? Yep. 100? Okay. So. Getting closer. I can yeah, feel it. That's exciting. I think it's a little bit more over 100 till the ACC starts because the first game is September third or something and then there's like always those week zero games because remember this is back to a normal college football season with fans there's week zero again i don't know why that random fact just excites me but just love week zero man love week zero because i remember i i think it was 2019 i was gonna be i was just dialed into week zero thinking like these group of five matchups that i'm watching this is going to be the year that i dial into like mountain west and mac football <laughs> and obviously once actual power games start you don't do it but it's the beginning of college football it's great week zero has always got that random hawaii arizona matchup or something where <laughs> one team comes out and blows the other it's a, some unbelievable game that and, and college football fans are just chomping at the bit yeah, I think Miami played like Florida or something, and they played them pretty decently. But anyway, let's let's get into the top the topic of today's episode. We're gonna be doing football this episode, and I think first and foremost, let's start with some of the opening lines that came out. I think there were, if I'm counting correctly, seven or yeah, six six opening lines. Five of them came from the ACC, so we can kind of discuss this because. Vegas has a usually a very good idea on things. I mean, they kind of have to because otherwise they wouldn't really make money. So we could always count on Vegas for having a good idea thing. So it's pretty good to analyze. So we had these six spreads, Jason, they're in front of you. They're in front of me. What do you want to start with? Which stood out to you the most? Well, you know, we could start, well, as you mentioned, almost all the lines included at least one ACC team. How about let's stay with right off the bat an all ACC matchup, North Carolina at Virginia Tech. Uh, this is going to be interesting. And I saw you mention on Twitter and, and you're dead on as always. But, you know, UNC comes in minus six and a half point favorites. So just under a touchdown. A lot of hype with UNC this year. We're going to see can they live up to it? We're also going to see how they adapt to losing two NFL uh, running backs in Michael Carter and Javante Williams. But then on the flip side, as you mentioned, uh, what's going to happen with Virginia Tech? Because you felt Fuente should have been fired last year and they should have moved on. He wasn't. If they drop week one, I can't imagine that seat not completely engulfing in flames. Well, North Carolina isn't really that matchup that's going to be a really bad loss. I don't expect Virginia Tech to win this game. And quite frankly, I'm kind of surprised it's as low as six and a half. Maybe I'm not surprised that much because I've seen in terms of ACC championship odds and stuff like that over under win totals that Vegas likes Virginia Tech, I think, a lot more than most of us do. But is it just me or do you think maybe North Carolina is 
more than six and a half points better than Virginia Tech. Now remember, this is a road game and a true road game because once again, a reminder, we're back to normal football. Woohoo! Yeah, uh, well, Blacksburg is always going to be a, a tough place to play. It's a night game. Um, inner sand band's going to be blasting. Crowd's going to be rocking. I mean, think about the first week we're going to have back. I mean, crowds are going to be losing their mind. They, they were basically uh, a lot of a lot of teams played in empty stadiums last year. Fans had to just watch it on TV. So I can't imagine that that stadium's not going to be about to explode. It's going to be interesting. UNC loses some defensive guys. They get some other defensive guys back, like Storm Duck. He missed most of last year. Uh, their prize cornerback, Tony Grimes, he's going to have another year under his belt. Um, Mac Brown's gone on the record saying he thinks Tony Grimes could be the best DB in the country. Uh, Virginia Tech, we're going to have some question marks. They obviously lose uh, Herbert the draft, and they lost Hendon Hooker. He transferred out. So a lot of moving parts. Uh, the transfer portal has, and we've mentioned this on other award-winning podcasts, the transfer portal has kind of revolutionized and, and trying to keep track of everybody and, and how they're going to come in. It's really going to be a matter of who can fit in the fastest to really help their team. I don't think Braxton Burmeister is an awful quarterback for Virginia Tech, but I just, there's so many phenomenal ACC quarterbacks and you're playing the best one in week one you're playing Sam Howell and I think he really is a step behind most of them so I mean they have good receivers they have Trey Turner James Mitchell is going to be one of the better tight ends in the country but it's not like their receiving core is standout so I don't know defense looks good maybe that'll be a good matchup UNC's offense against that secondary we'll see yeah, I mean, you're going to, we're going to get a first taste of Howl for Heisman, right? Hashtag Howl for Heisman. I'm sure that's going to be trending at some point. We're going to see whether he can kind of live up to the hype or will he, you know, wilt under pressure. Remember on our bold picks uh, in, in a previous pod, I said Josh Downs leads the ACC in receiving. We'll see if I'm going to end up on freezing cold takes or not, but going to be a really interesting matchup to start off week one. What do you want to go to next? So I, there's a couple of ones that, you know, here's the one we'll go with. Let's go with Notre Dame at Florida State. because This is another one that surprised me a little bit. Florida State is single-digit underdogs against Notre Dame. Now, uh, last year, Florida State got blown out quite a few times. I just put out this tweet a couple hours ago about, the most blowout losses, most 17-plus point losses in conference game over the past five years. Florida State was tied for second to last with 10. So I guess the expectations are different this year because Notre Dame is – now not supposed to be last year's Notre Dame team, but they're still supposed to be a top 15-ish team. Florida State is supposed to hang in this game according to Vegas. So what are our thoughts on that? Well, you know, we've mentioned this uh, – almost ad nauseum last year was such a strange year it's hard to kind of draw any super definitive conclusions from from last year's slate including with the Seminoles you know 
they had, um, they let Taggart go and, and they brought in, brought in Mike Norvell. And then he has a COVID issue. So they played a couple games without him. There was never really any sort of consistency. Uh, they didn't get a good quarterback play. Now they get McKenzie Milton. I think the Knowles could have some value here at plus nine, especially, and, and you've mentioned this before, if we can get something, any semblance, because remember, McKenzie Milton coming off that horrific leg injury when he's with UCF, if he can get, if we can get any sort of semblance to what he used to be, you're right. I mean, plus nine might, might be the, the steal of the week one. Interesting. If anything, I'd play Notre Dame, but probably just not play that game. I don't know. Florida State, it's going to be his, Mackenzie Milton's first game. Now they, I mean, they're supposed to be a pretty well-rounded team. They have good pass rushers. They have a secondary. I mean, they're also losing a lot of players defensively. You know, they're losing Jarius Robinson, losing Asante Samuel Jr., Hamza Najaldeen. So Marvin Wilson, they lost Terry on the offensive side. So you're right. It's going to be, it's definitely going to be interesting, but it'll, it'll kind of, I mean, I know he coached last year, but to me, this is kind of, Mike Norvell's first year. This is his chance to put his imprint on this team and set ex, set up expectations. Are we going to see the kind of downtrodden Florida State team that we've seen the past few years? Or are we going to see the Knowles start to turn the corner? I'm not saying they're going to challenge for the ACC yet or anything like that, but I know Knowles fans will, will want to see some progress and, and at least, you know, pointing in the right direction because like you said last year was a, was a disaster blowouts and you know I think their only real really good win was the kind of miraculous win where they held on versus UNC and um, that was really their only signature win so and they it, even, it will be interesting they didn't even play that well for a majority of that game they got off to a really good start and then UNC just I mean I think UNC lost that game more than Florida State won if I'm being honest yeah I, I agree with that one I think Florida State goes bowling this year, but I, I'm not sure Notre Dame is the first game where they really get set off to the right foot. Now it would be phenomenal if they do. I would love to see that. I'm just not sure it will happen. Yeah, because, I mean, this last year this game would have been a conference game, right? Notre Dame joined the conference. This year they're back out of the conference, in quotes, even though they're going to play a bunch of ACC teams. Uh, I think you said it on Twitter today, you know, just – let them join the conference and call it a day. Uh, yeah, someone asked me, who do you want the ACC to add an expansion? I'm just like, add Notre Dame full-time, call it a day. Yeah, yeah, I agree. <laughs> I mean, what's the point? I mean, I don't get me wrong. I understand why they do it. It's a money thing, right? They have an entire major network dedicated to just their games. This isn't even – we're not even talking SEC on ESPN. We're talking about – Notre Dame on NBC so there's not really a lot of incentive for them to join the conference in in football but it, it would just make things I know they're playing Florida State I think I think they play in uh, North Carolina I think they play someone else so it's just just join the conference already darn it I'm 100% with you and that that would make you leaps and bounds for the ACC in terms of reputation we already saw it last year they were top three college conference in college football. 
Yeah. Now we're back to four or five. All right, let's go. Let's move on. Uh, I think I'll let you choose this next one because there's a couple that I'm thinking between. Well, I think it's going to be uh, Clemson minus three versus Georgia, right? Now, I believe this game is in Charlotte. It should be a neutral field, so it's not at Clemson. Um, but they are the favorite. So the Tigers, clearly they lost uh, Trevor Lawrence to the draft. Travis Etienne, they lost some other guys as well. Going to be a new era because we had kind of gotten so used to Trevor Lawrence. You know, he played – I know he was there for three years, but it's full-time two year, two and a half years, I guess you should say. And, you know, it's, it's going to, how is DJU going to, um, you know, acquit himself? I would imagine very well. We mentioned before that he did have kind of a rough spring game. I take that with a grain of salt. But coming in and playing Georgia and getting a win under his belt immediately would do wonders. I, I think this is a good year to, I'm, there's never a good year to lose like your star quarterback, but if there were a year to, maybe it would be 2021 in this off season because there's just, it's not a packed quarterback class. Like it was last year that like you have Howell and Rattler, but I mean, neither of those quarterbacks are involved in this game. So uh, right. Georgia has JT Daniels, right? Yeah, I mean, that, that's going to be an interesting thing because, you know, Georgia's quarterback situation over the last few years has been, well, I mean, saying a disaster might not might not do it enough justice. You know, they had Eason. He got they picked him over from, but he got hurt. So then from comes in and, you know, took him to the title game, had him up against Alabama, probably should have won the game, closed it out, but they didn't stuck with from over. Justin um, Fields. Justin Fields, yeah. who goes <laughs> who goes to Ohio State and has an unbelievable career. And then, you know, last year it was a it was just a total disaster. Jamie Newman ups out. And they it just was it was terrible. They couldn't score. They couldn't move the ball. And, you know, can JT Daniels be that sort of steadying presence JT, for the dogs? JT Daniels was he had like a couple of really, really good games. I'll give him that. I'll give into this Georgia hype as well. My ACC bias is kind of leaning Clemson minus three here. I'm not, we're obviously not making bets yet, or even like fake bets that we'll be keeping track of throughout the podcast. Where are we? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Go ahead. I'm, I'm not cashing in yet <laughs> in terms of pipeline money or real money. Right. But we're just kind of reacting to what Vegas thinks. And I'm, I think Clemson minus three is fair because Georgia is supposed to be a top five team, but Clemson has a little, is a shade better. Yeah. Uh, for me though, Dan, you know, can Georgia score enough points? I just, I don't see it. I, you know, and, and we'll get more into this a little later on, but that, that Clemson D line is going to be tough. There's no doubt about that. You know, George, Georgia loses, Pickens for the year with a, um, I think it towards ACL. So who's going to step up at the wide receivers position? Kyrus Jackson, maybe. Um, I mean, I don't, I just don't know if Clemson goes and puts up 
31 points, 35 points, can Georgia outscore them? That, that seems like a tall order to me. I think Georgia will definitely – I think in terms of talent on offense, they definitely hang in with Clemson. Defensive-wise, too, I think I think there's a little bit too many question marks on, on Georgia in terms of, you know, we've seen JT Daniels, we've seen his potential, and we saw it at the end of last year, and then we saw a little bit of him with Sparks back at USC. But, I, I mean, I th- I'm much more confident that DJU will be a top five to seven quarterback in college football than JT Daniels will. I mean, they both could be. And I could very much imagine a world where they both are. But quarterback is the most important position. And that's, that's why I'm thinking either things work out for Georgia and they could win this game. But if not, Clemson could win this game by multiple possessions, 14, 17 plus points. Yeah, I mean, we know DJU has a, a rocket arm. We've stated that in the past. And I'm sure that at least the Clemson guys that are have kind of stuck around, you know, that, that, that didn't move on or, or get drafted or transfer out or anything, I'm sure they're going to have a little bit of chip on their shoulder. You know, not that they didn't like Trevor Lawrence, but it was the guy who's like they kind of uh, almost all of the success was attributed to Lawrence. So that they might start the year with something to prove, a little chip, you know, show what they're made of and, and show that they're not just a, a one-man team and um, go out. They could go out and, and kill Georgia. I could see it getting away from Georgia. I could see them playing tough, but I, I could see it getting away from them. All right. Next, we have – so we have th- two more ACC spreads that we haven't really discussed much yet. The first one I want to get to is Miami. Florida hosting or is that neutral site or are they hosting Alabama? I'd imagine it's neutral site, right? Yeah, I would imagine it's neutral. Yeah, so I'll quickly look that up, but um 17 and a half. Now, yeah, King, that makes sense. And but that's interesting that it's you know, we don't know he'll necessarily be back. And obviously the Miami backup quarterback situation, I mean, we're not looking at like Nicosi Perry. Malik Rozier type guys. They we've seen in the spring game that they have quality young backup quarterbacks. But if it's not Dr. King, you're going to be making your. I mean, we've talked about this. You're going to be making your first career start against Alabama. Tall, and a half tall order. Little light. I mean, it's seventeen no. and a half is. Nick Saban would not be happy about 17 and a half. I don't care. I mean, unless you're, you're a top five team in college football, which Miami isn't. Right. That's Alabama standard is they're going to blow you out no matter who you are. Yeah. So for me, I mean, especially with the uncertainty, I don't know if you can make this line high enough for me against Alabama to Alabama every year, they come out, they play a neutral site game. And they blow the doors off the team. There, people will talk themselves into, oh, you know, I, I think Louisville can give them. I think Florida State can give them a, 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 a run for their money this year. You know, in that first game, and it just never ever materializes. Let's let's. Last year they opened up at Missouri, so this was this was the first time it was a, a true road game. Because remember, SEC played the whole uh, slate as conference games last year. So they won 
not the best, but they still would have covered a seven and a half point spread. And that was directly on the, on the road the year before Duke 42 to three, you know, <laughs> blowout city the year before Louisville 51, 14 blowout city the year before that Florida state 24, seven. Now that was closer, but Florida state was the number three ranked team in the country. So, you know, let's, let me go one more year. Year before that, this is the one I remember. USC ranked 20th, 52 to 6. I mean, the game's over before USC gets off the bus. That's just how Alabama runs. That first game, they're chomping at. Now, they did lose Mac Jones. So mm. they obviously lost Devontae Smith and they lost Waddle. So there's going to be some turnover. But Alabama's backups are pretty good. They could probably start for the vast majority of teams in the country. So I think, you know, Nick Saban, he's kind of like his mentor, Bill Belichick. They, they turn the page quickly. They, they win the championship. They turn the page. They're on to the next year. Last year meant nothing. Do all the hard work. Do all the preparation. Be ready to go. 17 and a half. I, I, you, couldn't, you couldn't give me free money to bet plus, Miami plus 17 and a half. You said 42 to three for Duke or 52 to three? 40 or 42 to three, I, I believe. Yeah. So, because yeah, I remember, I remember as an ACC guy, we were walking out of that game like, hey, Duke looks pretty solid this year. I mean, they only lost to Alabama by 39 points. Their defense <laughs> held them in check. Yeah, it's 42 to three. And I, so what year was that? That was 2018. Three. Uh, that was. That was 2019, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, Duke was not good. There was like, yeah, that was that was post Daniel Jones. There with Daniel Jones, they had a couple seven win seasons. But anyway, regarding this game, uh, I'm totally with you. I mean, I've said what I think. Yeah, Yeah, and and we uh, you bring up good points. Alabama week one, they like they're ready to roll. And there's not a lot of data to to back up the fact that Alabama is going to be really good besides the fact that, you know, they've been so great in the past. Like, obviously, when you're in week six, you use the first five weeks of data to create the line. So if Vegas has had a tendency in the past to kind of underestimate Alabama, now you didn't name the spreads in those games, so I'm not sure, but. Well, I, I can't imagine Duke was favored by more than 39 points. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We can we can historically look those up or or that USC was favored by more than or you know had plus 46. I, I doubt that, especially considering they were ranked. I believe but, Duke was supposed to open against Alabama last year. I'm not positive about this, but I think they were, and it was like 40 something points spread. Oh, okay. Was um yeah, yeah, I forgot the schedule got changed last year. So, yeah, that would have been interesting. You know, you know uh, one thing, even if Derek King's healthy, it would be, you know, because this is going to be now the second or third major injury he's had. Second Maybe there's doubt in his mind. Know of. Yeah, I mean, it, and we've, we, you know, athletes go through this, have gone through major injuries do they trust their body? Do they feel confident? Maybe their doctor clears them and they're fine, but mentally, you know, I remember Derek Rose went through that uh, in the NBA for years. He was healthy being cleared by the doctors, but mentally he just wasn't there. 
and and his uh, performance showed. You couple that with an, an Alabama team that's always ready to go week one, ouch. And then next up we have Louisville and Ole Miss. So Ole Miss is supposed to – I think they're supposed to be a better SEC team this year, so – I'm almost happy that it's only seven point favorites at home against Louisville because I'm not expecting Louisville to be great in the ACC this year. So, I mean, do we, do you have any extended thoughts on that one? Yeah. I mean, I think it, I actually think this is kind of a sneaky great quarterback matchup. Lane Kiffin's putting more and more of his imprint on the, on the team, they're they're obviously like much more offensive minded than say um, some other like an like an Auburn has been in the past. Um, and, and we saw them last year. The uh, what, what did they go last year? Let me see. Went four and five, uh, five and five overall. So uh, you know, pretty standard kind of mediocre year, but. I, I, I kind of like that. And that's, is that definitely at home or is that neutral site? Um, I'll have to double check that. Give me a sec. Well, hold on a second. It might tell me right here. Oh, neutral location. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be, a, so it'll be in Atlanta. So yeah, I don't really see that benefiting either team. Well, that's interesting that Ole Miss is a seven point favorite at a, essentially a neutral site. Um, I, I think that's fair. Yeah. You know, Cunningham, I, I see him having a big year this year for, for the cards. I do think um, I do think the Rebels win the game, but I, I actually like Louisville plus seven there. All right. And this obviously, now that we're talking about all these spreads, the other one is LSU against UCLA. And I'm obviously my expertise is centralized around the ACC, but LSU is three-point favorites on the road. I mean, I don't think either I – mean, I think UCLA is better than normal. LSU is not as good as they've been recently, but I don't know. That was a little bit interesting to me that LSU is only three-point favorites. Yeah, well, there's a couple of things. It's a true road game, and most of the time SEC schools don't travel all the way out to California. So I kind of give LSU props for that. I have gone on the record saying I think LSU has a, a great year this year, and I think they could be sneaky good. Um, UCLA, underrated. They're going to go kind of fly under the radar. They're going to pick up some big wins this year. I've actually seen this line at two and a half, and I've seen it in, in some books at one and a half. So I'm sure all the public money is going to come in on LSU, right? So just, just a, a, a betting tip for all those Pipeline ACC podcast listeners out there. If money pours in, if public money pours in and the line doesn't move, go the other way. So if money comes in on LSU at minus three, minus two and a half, and the line doesn't move, start betting at UCLA because that's Vegas tipping their hand. All right, before we move on from the spreads, there's one more thing I wanted to say. So I just I just accidentally scrolled through and looked ahead. Alabama plays Florida week three. They're 14 and a half point favorites. Florida State, oh, I'm sorry, Miami, seven, 
14 and a half point underdogs. So Florida, 14 and a half point underdogs and Florida and uh, Miami, 17 and a half. So that kind of gives you an idea of where they could. And it, and that'll, that'll be at the swamp too. Yeah. So so basically they're valuing Florida and Miami as relatively equal teams. Yeah. I mean, let's see if it were, yeah, I guess you're right. If it were at Miami in theory, it'd be plus 14 and a half. So that's interesting. Anyways, I did a Q and a on Twitter. So I, I, Thank you, everybody, for submitting a response. I did not expect to get, like, 14 questions, but I did get around to answering them all. And there were a couple ones related to football that I thought were pretty interesting. A dirt road heel gave the question, what do you think is going to be the best defensive line versus offensive line in football this upcoming season? I assume he met in the ACC, and that's really the way I answered the question. So what I said was, I said Brian Brzee and because I think he's going to be the best pass rusher in the country, the most valuable pass rusher, at least can, relative to the rest of his position, given that he's going to be getting racking up all those sacks and pressures from the interior. And then I was thinking, all right, Clemson, who are they playing in the Atlantic division that has a really good interior? Well, Boston College is re- returning all these NFL prospects. Alec Lindstrom, Ben Pachula. So that'll be something that's interesting to see. Also keep in mind, Boston College and Clemson. Boston College was up, I think, three possessions at halftime. Obviously they lost, but they, I mean, Phil Jerkovic knows a thing or two about tearing apart a Clemson defense, at least uh, over, you know, the first quarter and a half of that game. Unfortunately, they played all four quarters that game, but. You know me, I've been driving the Dracovic hype train from day one. So I, I'm with you. I, I like that. You know, Brissy, Xavier Thomas for Clemson. I, I think you're right. That defensive line is going to be, they're going to be maulers. But how about, you know, NC State? Um, Grant Gibson at, at center. You know, I know um, Zoneman Knight and uh, Ricky Person are, are going to put up some big yards on the ground. That could be a good, that could be a good matchup them against Clemson yeah I mean Clemson Brazil will definitely be getting his hands full this year he'll definitely be getting legitimate NFL prospects to play against so that'll be good to see he's obviously only a sophomore he has two more years in college football before I mm. he becomes a first round pick I mean he's a yeah future. he's a monster next question was uh Football defensive player of the year in the ACC prediction. So you kind of gave me a couple names, Xavier Thomas expected to be a first round pick, obviously hasn't come up with the sack totals yet, but I see all the NFL scouts hyping him and I can't help but do the same. Uh, Miami's Bubba Bolden is another one. I said, he's kind of the same way. And then there's a handful of linebackers like UVA's Nick Jackson, uh, Peyton Wilson from NC State, Chase Pine from Pittsburgh. That's a really underrated pick that I like. So those are kind of the guys. If I had to go with one, um, I don't know. I want to I let you answer first, and then I'll, I'll give you my one, narrow it down. Yeah, Brissy, uh, we talked about him. 
uh, 23 tackles, six sacks last year. Uh, monster on the line for Clemson. And he's going to put up big numbers this year. Uh, kind of an off-the-radar guy, and I briefly mentioned him earlier, Tony Grimes. I mean, can he put up the stats? You know, I, I, I'm going to assume that UNC is going to be putting up points. Maybe that makes other teams throw more often, and maybe it gives him opportunities, you know, uh, you know, I already mentioned Mac Brown thinks he can be the best um, defensive back in the country. But I, I think I'm going to have to go, with, you know, and shout out to our uh, friend of the pod, Tuffy Talk. I think I'm going to kind of follow their lead in NC State, their, you know, NC State podcast. And I, I might go with Peyton Wilson, you know, 108 tackles last year, three and a half sacks, just a huge um, presence in the middle of that defense. And, you know, really a, a filling up the stat sheet. So if you twist my arm, I know it's, we're 100 days away. I'm going to go with uh, Peyton Wilson for NC State linebacker. By the way, you said you said um, under the radar UNCDB. Do you mean Storm Duck or, or Tony? Gr I mean, I think both are going to be great, but Storm Duck. Yeah, I, just, I just mean as far as if under the radar, if you're picking – defensive player of the year they're probably not going to be the either duck or grimes aren't going to be the the lead guys yeah. but i think duck, that both of them have a chance to put up really good uh, a really good year this year duck i think is even more under the radar i i, I think grimes yes. i mean he gets enough hype because of his recruitment process but duck i think he I, people know him because of his name but do people really know like what he could do on the field because right, and then him missing last year, it's going to put yeah, him even further under the radar. If you named him Joe Smith, no one would have any idea who he was, despite him being such a great player. Exactly. All right, my my pick is going to be – I'm going to go with Brian Brzee. I know it's kind of basic Clemson pick, but that's kind of likely what it might be. Um, let's see another question we got, who will be the most overhyped team in college football this year? So my answer is ACC or I think this is all college football, because if you're doing the ACC, there's really three teams that are hyped up Clemson, UNC, Miami. And I don't think either of them are the most overhyped. I said Texas right. A&M. I like them, but they're losing Kellen Mond. So are they – I mean, I, I think they're a top-10 team in college football. The amount of hype they're getting, though, is a little overboard to me. That's just me, though. Yeah, so, um, well, you know, if we looked at the ACC, I think you could say, can UNC live up to the hype? They've – it's been a while since they've had this big of preseason expectations, especially with Howell getting some Heisman talk. So – if they end up crumbling, then then that could have been an answer. Miami, like you said, is Derek King healthy? If he is and they fall flat, then maybe. But if he's not, then it's, it's going to be hard to kind of say they were overhyped because they're missing their starting quarterback or he's, you know, not healthy. But I, I, I tend to agree with you. Uh, I think Texas A&M all good. And then we had, you know – Jimbo Fisher kind of talking trash to Notre or not Notre Dame, sorry, to Nick Saban 
saying he, he wanted to quote beat Saban's ass. Never a good, never a good formula to trash talk Alabama, <laughs> especially when you're coming off a season where you've lost your your starting quarterback uh, to the NFL draft. So I, I think I I can see them kind of starting out slow, slowly, and then maybe falling flat. But I I would agree with you. I think if you had to pick one, and you know, as we lead up to the season there might be a, another team that kind of gets under that hype train and end up falling flat. But for me, I'd probably have to go with uh, the Aggies. I, I 100%. Yeah. So I guess we're on the same page with that. I mean, yeah, you could say Miami, but I, they're receiving a moderate amount of hype. Some people will always say it's too much, but they're not a preseason top 10 team. I think they will with the Eric King be, in the next tier outside of the top 10. So I think Miami's fine where they are. Yeah. And like I said, I think, it, you know, somewhat's contingent on, on King's health and his ability. If he, if he's not there or he's nicked up or whatever, it's going to be hard to say they were overhyped because that's just kind of a, you know, a, a not fair situation. So I have no idea where we are in terms of timing because I forgot to start the stopwatch, but I think we've had a good conversation here. Is there anything else you want to bring up before we go? No, nah, man, this is a great pod. 100 days till college football. Let's do it. And next time we record, there'll be 97. So um, looking forward to that. Countdown is getting closer. I remember there were 200 days very recently, so I just have to go through that 100-day period once again and then my life will once again be at an all-time high because I love college football more than anything. <laughs> so we'll wait that. But until then, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Pipeline ACC Podcast.